and a very warm welcome. Thank you for tuning in. You are listening to By the Word of Their Testimony. I'm your host, Etienne McClintock, and in the studio today I have a special guest, Robert Johnson. Robert, welcome. Thank you. Very nice to have you here. Now, By the Word of Their Testimony is based on Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11, where we read, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. Now, I saw Robert's testimony the first time on Facebook. It was a YouTube clip, and it's a wonderful, powerful testimony of God's power and his amazing grace. And I know you're going to enjoy listening to Robert's story today. So, Robert, let's start. Where were you from originally? Maybe just a little bit about your background. I'm originally from Jamaica in the Caribbean, and I am the youngest of the five children in my family. It's a yeah. nice part of the world to uh, to be born in. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, how long right. did you live in, in Jamaica? I spent my first nine years in Jamaica. Okay. And I just remember we didn't go to the beach often. I was in Kingston. And okay. sometimes when we'd go to the beach, we Jamaica has really nice beaches. Mm. And we would complain because we'd go to the beach that is closest to my aunt's house. And... We thought the sand could be nicer and so forth. But later on in life, when I moved and I've traveled, I realized those were some of the best beaches in the world. Is that right? It's amazing. Yeah. When you're brought up with something, you think it's common around the world, but you start traveling, you realize, oh, we're blessed. Yeah. This is yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I've not been to Jamaica, but I understand that the beaches are quite spectacular yeah. and beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Great. So around about the age of nine, you yeah. moved somewhere I moved else? to Canada. And so Canada. in comparison, beaches, that's what I was comparing to. Okay. So my first time that I went to a beach in Canada, we were all excited, and then we weren't anymore. Because <laughs> <laughs> obviously the climate's a little bit cooler. Yeah, it's further different. north yeah, yeah, in the northern yeah, hemisphere. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so it's not for swimming. And probably nine-year-olds now maybe know a lot more about the world. I didn't know that much. I didn't know anything about Canada. Right. And so here I am. I'm in Canada, and I went to school, and... I went to school in September, and it hadn't snowed yet, and I didn't know what snow was. Wow. And the kids were like, you don't know what snow is? <laughs> and I was like, no, what is? And they're like, you can make snowmen and snow angels and snowballs and all these things, but I still didn't know what it was. And finally, we went up. We left early and went up to the mountains. Me and one of my brothers, someone from the church, took us up, and we got to see snow for the first time. It was really cool. That would have been yeah. really cool. I was about 11 years old when I saw snow for the first time myself, having okay. been brought up in South Africa. Uh-huh. And... Um, there wasn't enough snow to build a snowman. There was just yeah. enough to touch. Just a little bit. It was a little bit frosty. Uh-huh. It was just starting yeah. to melt. But that was my first encounter. But it sounded like you had a good encounter with a lot of snow. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, we did tobogganing. But me and my brother, we brought snow back for my other siblings. So we put it in a plastic bag, and we're bringing the snow back to show them, and we're excited. And, of course, when you bring snow back in the car, it... It melts, melts, but I didn't know. It's a bag that. of water. So, so we come back and it's water with a little bit of ice, and we're like, this oh. is snow. And 
they're like, this is not, it's like, well, it changed, you know? It's, <laughs> yeah. So to say good. the least, that was, we had to adjust to life in Canada. Yeah. 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 So you're the, you're the youngest of five. five. Uh-huh. So what was uh, life like growing up for you? So life growing up was really, I'm trying to think where my my parents converted. They were Seventh-day Adventist Christians. And so I grew up uh, in that environment. Hmm. I'm also the youngest of five, so our house was very busy. And uh, yeah, and it's a Jamaican family. We're loud. And there's just, uh, I don't know, a lot (laughs) of things going on. I just remember when we moved to Canada, we had bicycles and we're riding the bike a lot. Mm -hmm. And we're just yeah doing different things. There's always like games going on in the house or Monopoly or... Or, I don't know, something. So, a happy, yeah. a happy childhood. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, from pretty much the age you can remember, they were Seventh day Adventists, they were Christians? Yeah, okay. yeah. I remember getting to church and being like there before the church doors open. Because my dad used to drink a lot of alcohol okay. before and he used to gamble. Mm. And he became Christian when I was really little. So, too little to remember, mm. so I don't, but my dad always felt like he was late when he was doing the devil's work, so how can he be late to do God's work? And wow. so he would take me with him, and we'd be at church before the door actually opened. Well, wonderful. So, so your yeah. dad's life was dramatically changed? Dramatically changed. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah. yeah. This year, my plan, I actually skipped winter because I came uh, to Australia June summer I'll mm. go back there and then I'll go to Canada spring spring, spring time. summer yeah which oh, Vancouver is very nice that time of year well obviously we've skipped quite a few years because yeah. you're now in your mid late 30s that's from right what I understand yeah. uh-huh. just take us through from that time that you moved to Canada um, your life and what happened and perhaps your encounter with God because you're obviously now in a Christian household sure your, yeah. your parents are uh, you know presenting a good example for you uh-huh. being early to church and so yeah. forth so I remember um, I used to read the the Bible storybooks. Okay. And so sometimes Sabbath as a kid, Sabbath can be church part is fun, uh, eating part is fun, but then after sometimes there's not a lot happening, and mm. that part could be kind of boring. You know, sure. I can't do yes, this yes. and I can't do that. And then, but I would read the Bible stories and I, w- I start to really like them. Yeah, I really mm. like But back, I was... I was kind of, I don't know why I thought. I used to wait for the next Sabbath to read them, yeah, to go through. Okay, a, a lot special of Sabbath ritual. And it? then I just remember one day's click, oh, I don't have to wait for Sabbath to read it. And I would read these, um, I think the ones by Maxwell we're talking about, yeah, the blue ones. Yeah, there's one. 10 I, volumes yeah, there, I think. 10 volumes. Blue ones. We had the same ones yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's the best investment my parents ever made. And so I would just read through. And I remember I really loved Jesus, and I wanted to get to the parts about Jesus. But I would read volume one, volume two, volume three. I went through the whole thing. And I remember not quite understanding some of the middle parts mm. um, so well. In, but then, yeah, I just was really happy when I got to the part about Jesus. Jesus and he was yeah. always helping people, healing people, and doing all these things. And, yeah, it was it was a real, real blessing. Oh, wonderful. And so I remember. I remember I made my commitment to follow the Lord. I remember I wanted to be baptized mm. probably by the time I was 9 or 10, but my parents thought I was too young, 
and I probably got baptized about 11 or 12. Okay, and so this was around about the time you, you had just moved to Canada. Yeah, that's and right. And around about the time you started to read the, the books yeah, and, yeah, and obviously right. deeply convicted yeah, about Jesus' yeah. love and yeah, what he means to yeah, us. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so you had to wait another two years. Your parents said just wait yeah, a little yeah, bit longer. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. So the thing when I look back, I knew that I was serious and committed. Mm. But then in my teenage years, I went to public school and I kind of more, as an early teenager, I was more kind of wandering off and just doing the things that my friends were Sure, sure. Yeah. You know, friends can yeah. have a huge influence on us, and of course, yeah. if we're interacting with them daily, yeah. it can it can take us either away, or we can now sometimes say, "Listen, uh, this is important to me." But as a young yeah. person, it, it it happens a lot. Isn't yeah. it? It's common. It happened to me. Yeah, and, yeah. As you say, like in terms of well. like, I guess I should be more specific. But they were more. They were going to parties and things, and they were like, "Oh, this is so much fun!" And they yeah. would just always, you know, at school, just try to hype it up. And yes, yes. and and then I wanted to go and see and experience, yeah, for myself. Mm-hmm. And so I did. Um, I started going to these different parties. I started uh, drinking sometimes and, yeah, just getting into other things. But I had one sister that would always say, you should come to Bible study. You should come to Bible study. And I said, I will, you know, next okay. time. And then she would say, you should come. And I said, I will next time. And I mm. kept putting it off. But then I went. And then during those time, we were studying uh, some of the prophecies in the Bible in the books of Daniel and Revelation. Okay. And so even though the concept of believing in God is that God knows the future, mm. but when I could see it for myself in the Bible, it just really blew me away. I was like, wow, God really knows the future. Yeah. And it made me realize I can trust my life with God. Mm. And so, yeah. yeah. Look, just my experience has been similar to yours in that regard. Yeah. I was probably about 21. Mm-hmm. When I was convicted that there was a God, because I started getting atheistic ideas, and this was mm-hmm. simply just the influence of my friends. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot yeah. of them had gone to university and so yeah. forth. And and it's when I read the prophecies that I, that I was convinced there has to be a God that knows yeah. the end from the beginning. That's right. That yeah. it could foretell a future 100% accurate. Yeah. It just blew my mind. Uh-huh. And I, from then on, I've not doubted for a second yeah. Yeah. that there's a God. Yeah. God does exist. He yeah. is there, and He reveals Himself in nature and also yeah. in, in, in the Word that's of God. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So that, that's just huge. I, I don't yeah. know how to explain how big an impact that had on me because by the time then I'm 16 and getting older, this is more when I started making an even more deep, making a commitment again to the Lord for myself. Right. I was still going to church, but I made like a commitment and mm. I started being more firmer with my decisions. And so I lost some friends and, uh, yeah. but yeah, again, good ones. You know, some people it's like, oh, if you don't want to drink and do different things, they don't want to be your friend. Yeah, but then some course. other people, um, we became closer friends because they thought, yeah, this is right. You know, I don't want to mm-hmm. do that either. And then we, yeah, those are probably the friends that I still sure. have today. Hey, what's that English yeah. saying? Is that birds of a feather flock together? So if yeah. you're not doing the same stuff, you don't have that much in common, I yeah. guess. So, yeah, yeah. Well, so you lost some friends, but you got some good new yeah. friends, you were saying. Yeah. Uh-huh. So this is around about the age of 16 or yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, so then what happened subsequent to that? So then after I I finished high school, I did uh, probably just only one year of college, and then I was working. I was doing different types of work, and then I started working with special needs kids as a recreational oh, wow. counselor, um, teaching lifestyle skills in like a fun mm. environment. And then one day, a young man from Argentina visited my home church. And so he was sharing with us about this World Youth Conferences and how they're really good. And like he was just really, I guess, 
hyping them up about how good they are and he's been to them. I never heard about this before. He came to our house for lunch after and we were just talking. Mm -hmm. And then he thought, you should go to this. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, no, I really wasn't that interested. It was going to be in Thailand that year. This would have been 2003. And uh, yeah, and he really thought this would be a really good thing. Mm -hmm. And then my parents thought, this is a great idea. You should really go to something like that. And then I was still hesitant. My sister got in and she thought, you should go, you know, why don't you want to go you have the money to and I'm like I'm saving and she's yeah she just really thought I should go and then different people started trying to convince me to mm. to go and so I decided okay I will go and 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 check out what this conference is like sure. but up to that point I hadn't traveled much before okay. so I'd never been to Asia before, so I thought I would go a little early, see mm. what it's like, and then I will stay a little bit later than the conference and just see what some of the countries like. So, so that's what I did. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So you said you, your sister was a real encouragement for you. Wanted you to go. Your parents yeah. wanted you to go. Yeah. Now you mentioned this, a sister. I think you mentioned before that uh, yeah. encouraged you to come to the Bible study. Yeah. Is this the same? Same sister. S- same sister. Yeah. So we're the ones. We're close in age. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so. So she's number four out of the five. That's and, correct. Okay. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right, that makes yeah. sense. Uh-huh. And then, uh, yeah, and so did I, you go by yourself? Or did I did. Okay. I did. So to me, at that time, that was kind of nervous. So a lot of people, people that I worked with, they were saying. Oh, why don't you just go? Um, Thailand is cheap. You can go by yourself. I guess some of them had traveled before and mm-hmm. and all these things. And I. I to me, it sounded crazy. Yes. They were talking about backpacking across, and and it's really easy. And gave me some books on travel, and I I was really. Yeah, I was a little bit nervous about it, but then I started looking into it more, yeah. and I thought, okay, it was actually cheaper to go by myself. That was one of the things, too. Mm. And I thought, okay, yeah, let, let me do it. And so I went, and when I got there, I went on the elephant ride in, in Chiang Mai. I didn't even know Thailand had elephants before. And right? It was okay. cool. I went on the elephants, and I went through Bangkok. They have all these different temples. Mm. And I remember some things that really stood out to me. They had yeah. these, like... Uh, huge Buddha statue, like really tall, mm. taller than the ceiling in here. It would be, and people would just like bow down and worship them, just like in mm. Daniel 3. It would remind me of. And oh, then yes, they had yes, these yeah. lying Buddhas and I've lying that, down, and people were there. Well, yeah. yeah. And it just really hit me. I, I, I don't know. I guess I didn't really think about people literally bowing down and worshiping statues, and that made a difference. And while I was there, the missionaries needed some help. The Adventist Frontier Missionaries, okay. AFM, they asked me to help them to teach English classes mm. and help them with some other things. And I'm like, I'm not an English teacher. I can't teach English. <laughs> and they're like, you can here. And so I... Um, I think they love uh, the American accent or the Canadian accent. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 I did. And, and so even though I was so hesitant, um, they were correct. My English was better than the English teacher that they did have. Oh, is that right? And so, okay. yeah, yeah. And so I did that with the kids, and I helped with some things. And during this time, I'm, I guess, understanding the difference Christianity can can make upon people and see mm. the differences in the in the culture. One thing that had stood out to me was there was a family that had two children, mm-hmm. and they had a, a three-year-old and a six-year-old. Okay. The three-year-old was a boy, six-year-old a girl. The three-year-old boy, he always wanted to be with his mother all the time. Mm. And he, one day he got into another person's car, and he, he, 
he shut the door and he locked it and he refused to come out. He didn't even want to go with his mother. It was very strange because he mm. always wanted to be with his mother. And so they usually, they're very strict, but they decide, you know what, we'll let all the children travel in the same car together. So they put all the children in that same car. And then as we're um, driving along, so the children were in the car. I was in another car. I was in the pickup truck. We're driving and a bulldozer pulls over and we hit the bulldozer. The bulldozer came it came into the the road. It was like their fault the way they okay. pulled out, yes. and uh, and then when we did that, we it went on like two wheels, and then it went oh. back down. And so immediately, this family was just like praise God, like they realized if the children were in the car, they would have flown out. So in Thailand, mm. kids don't wear seatbelts. They put them in the back of the pickup. They would have put all the children in the back, and when oh, we hit, so they would have just. It was in a pickup. Yeah, it? it was in a pickup. They would have just wow. flown out, but they put instead. They put all the children in another car that we were traveling with mm, some other people. Mm. And they saw it immediately, and they were praising God, and they prayed with this man that, um, yeah, that, that we So were these Buddhist with. people? Or were they Christians? No, they were Christians. They were, they Christians. were the missionaries. Okay, right, right. But it really touched my heart. So even though mm. I've been a Christian my whole life, when you're in a car accident and somebody almost kills you, it's their fault. Um, Maybe later you would say praise God and realize God's providence, but immediately they saw God's providence. Immediately they praised God and they prayed with this man that it was his fault and encouraged him right away. Just the bulldozer and I, driver. Yeah, yeah. and uh, they also just, I remember, saw the providence that the boy could have easily went with his mother like he did all the other Always, times. Yeah, yeah. So and if he did that, all the other children, they would have put them in the back of the pickup truck. Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of them probably would have died. Maybe all of them. They could have been hurt wow. very badly. Yeah, no, praise God for that. That's, yeah. that's wonderful. Yeah. So you just, you can say a, a, a dramatic change in behavior. And yeah. That was actually something they believed that God was in that. Yes, so that's that the right. Kids all would be saved. That's right. Oh, yeah. No, praise yeah. God. That's, one, and that's so, a wonderful story. Yeah, and so I was praising God. And then I had a dream one night during this time that God was calling me to be a missionary. Mm. And now, up to this point, I never considered being a missionary. Yeah. And so I tried to put it behind me because I was thinking, why would God call me to be a missionary? I don't sing. I don't preach. I don't teach besides teaching English, English at that yes. time. Yes. Um, I don't build. So I'm thinking, yeah, I'm not really a missionary. Mm-hmm. I know Mission Spotlight. And so, I, yeah, I tried to put it away. But, yeah, I, I, I couldn't, I guess, forget the impression that it made on me. So you're, you're working in Thailand, yeah. teaching English. You have this dream. Yeah. You try and put it be, be behind you. Yeah. How long before anything happened? Because you told us you're a missionary now. So okay. obviously something yeah. shifted okay. between that. So within so. a short period of time, things that happened. So let's say this would have been around December 2003 okay. and January 2004, somewhere mm. around there. Right, right. And so just before, this would be just before or just around Christmas. Of, okay. of that year. So I went back to Vancouver and a friend of mine's dad was dying of cancer. Oh. Um, I didn't tell anyone that I was that I had this dream about being a missionary, mm. but he was the type that you go to cheer him up and he ends up cheering you up. And he was just um, speaking to me how a father would speak to a son. Mm. And he was giving me last advices about life. And one of the last things that he said is, I think God is telling me to tell you that you should go with your church and be a missionary. Oh, and really? so... At this time, again, I'm kind of struggling with it. And I'm thinking, why would God tell him to tell me? He's a Methodist. He's not in a, a Seventh-day Adventist. And I was thinking, you know, 
maybe I hadn't been around somebody that was dying before. This was my first time. And I thought maybe when you're dying, you feel like you need to say something profound. And maybe he didn't know what to say. Uh, and okay. so he said, you know, God is telling me to tell you that you should go with your church and be so a missionary. So you're trying to find a plausible reason yeah, yeah, why yeah, you possibly yeah. say rather than it's actually coming from the Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, okay. because I'm not a missionary. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's not my plan. And so I tried yeah. to put it again behind me. And so even though I was working with special needs kids, I really wanted to get into real estate also. And that was one of the things. I was doing and I was doing some things and the Lord was really blessing and I'm thinking okay my life is going yeah on track and so the missionary thing didn't really fit mm. in at the time and then I ran into a young lady that I know from Colorado I saw her in Vancouver Canada mm. I said what are you doing here and she said I'm a missionary missionaries in Canada we need missionaries and she said yes it's not just poor countries that need missionaries this is a very this is an ungodly place and uh, people think that because they have everything they don't need God and mm-hmm. she went on and on it's like okay I got the point and then I I spent some time with them there were a group of Bible workers a, a young team of Bible workers they were doing some evangelistic thing they had okay. a, a the preacher of one of the meetings they were having he was 21 years old at the time Jeffrey Rosario and oh, yes, yes. yeah and my my friends came out three of my friends got baptized at those meetings and during the time God is speaking to me a lot like I'm mm. going through because my friends are going I'm bringing my friends to these meetings and it's like I just feel this like yeah I'm not ex- talking to anyone about it but I feel this burden on my burn, heart yes, I feel yes. this pressure I, I don't even know how to explain I just feel like I need to make the, a decision about being a missionary right. and, okay. and I remember I went into my room and I I was praying and I had my Bible and I, I didn't know my Bible so well at the time and I mm-hmm. opened my Bible randomly and it was things about the Apostle Paul and he was suffering for the gospel. And so mm. I, I thought this didn't really appeal to me. So I closed it and say, okay, God, give me something else. And then I open again randomly and it was the same person. It was the Apostle Paul and he was suffering for the gospel. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten. He was hungry. He was wearing raggedy clothes. And I said, I remember saying, like, God, I don't want to wear raggedy clothes. Mm -hmm. And the Spirit of the Lord just spoke to me and said, if you're going to follow, you're going to follow in good times and bad times. So you you mentioned before that you were interested in getting into real estate. Did you get into real estate? I was from the angle of I wanted to um, buy a house and Mm. invest in different things. And so the Lord had blessed, I was saving up with some things and I've also had invested in, and and it was really, it worked out well. And I was with my parents and I was looking at a house about getting, um, something. And the pastor of my home church was walking in that area with his wife. And, uh, I didn't expect to see them when we ran into them. And he, he just thought I, I, I shouldn't do it. And it's funny because wow. in Vancouver, the price of everything like really shot up. Mm. So I said, Pastor, why did you say that? And he says, you know, I'm so glad you still went to be a missionary. <laughs> you know, because if I'd got low down yeah. with a mortgage and things mm. like that, then I probably mm. wouldn't have went and left. So within the, the time of having the dream, so let's say my, my the dream was in December, January, hmm. uh, uh, 2003, start of 2004. By July, um, I'd already quit my job. I spent 4,000 US and I'm going to a Bible college and I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be a missionary. Wow. Okay. So, so was there a, a tug on your heart two ways? Like the one is, look, I, I'm going to set up my life here. There'll be some level of prosperity. I can see I'm going to do yeah. well. Uh-huh. But you 
calling me to a life of poverty. And every time you read about Paul, yeah, Paul is suffering that's for right. the gospel. That's right. So that's right. It, it didn't seem as attractive as the alternative that you had in mind for yourself. That's right. That's right. I can yeah. understand why yeah. it was a bit of a struggle. But yeah. then somehow you must be convinced because you're now going to college to get yeah. trained as a missionary. Yeah. yeah. So I couldn't shake yet yeah, that God was really yeah. calling me. Yeah. And so I decided, you know, I look back, like normally when I read the Bible and I read about the rich young ruler, I think like... Like, he made such a bad decision. Like, how could he not see it? Yes. Sometimes you can be hard and difficult on mm, people mm, in the mm, Bible. Of course. Yeah. My job, uh, Canadian-wise, I know Australian, our currencies are similar, yes, but yeah. Australian minimum wage is, is higher oh, and is the it? way things are. So when I say it, maybe the impact you might not, like, get. But I was, um, at the time, I was getting about... A little under seventeen dollars an hour, okay. like sixteen something in an hour, yeah, yeah. sixteen eighty three or something like that. Yeah. And to me, I was still living at home with my parents. It was fine. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think minimum wage in Canada is like eight dollars an hour. Oh, okay, so yeah, you to more give than you an double. Idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so right? were, I don't have doing, a college degree. Doing very well, I'm yeah. doing all right. I was in a car accident in uh, maybe in ninety. Nine, yeah, something like that, 98, okay. and it w- my back was out of alignment and some different things. Mm-hmm. But then after, like, praise God, like, it became better, but it took a long time. And uh, and I was young, and so I had this settlement for that, and I invested well. And it seemed like the Lord was really blessing all the things, and then the Lord said, okay, leave it now. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, sure, spending sure. on things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I can give the rich young ruler a hard time, but my point was I wasn't rich. Yeah, I didn't have sure. lots. I just, like, compared to him, that's, like, really nothing, yeah? Yeah, that yeah. was nothing. But yet, I was tempted you had to, the give same up, challenge, to give up. Same yeah, temptations. Yeah, 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 although it'd be at a lesser scale from a financial yes, perspective, yes, yes. you can relate to. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So you go to this missionary college. Yeah. Yeah. And you get some training. How long does the the course last? So it's about like four months. Okay. At the time, yeah, it was Arise when Arise. Yeah, oh, the very second good. year. Well, we have and Arise here in uh, North New South Wales as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. Kingscliff, they just yeah, by the yeah, Gold Coast. Yeah. Yeah. I visited while I was here. Okay. Very good. And so I went there. And then um, I loved it. People were there from different backgrounds and, yeah, just different testimony. But what we all had in common, we really wanted to know the Bible and study Mm. the Bible. And so uh, we did that and different things with outreach. And then after Arise ended, I guess getting prepared for it to end, it was like, what am I going to do after yeah. Right. And even before I left, a lot of people were going to ask me, what are you going to do? And I said, I don't know. I just knew that God was calling me. And so, yeah, um, providently then, yeah. like I saw how um, the Lord really just opened the door. So I ended up Bible working after. Um, my plan was to learn the medical mission work. At the time, I ended up Bible working I actually ended up spending a couple of years in Michigan doing that. In Michigan? Yeah. Okay. Um, but I wasn't, I didn't know, like, so Bible work, you are studying with people in the community. You're mm. finding people. You're also training the church and so forth. Okay. And I was Bible working by myself. I didn't have a partner. And I'm oh. the type, uh, my personality is like, you do it and I back you up. Okay. And now I'm by myself. So now I have to you preach. you got to do it and back yourself I have to teach. <laughs> I have to, yeah. And so I just remember, yeah, yeah, being nervous. My knees would shake and mm. my mouth would get really dry. And, and people are looking at me. They're all looking at me. And that would make me nervous. And <laughs> wow. 
Wow. Yeah. Very yeah. different to what we see now. So obviously, yeah. you know, lots, lots of water has flown under the bridge since that, those yeah, days we yeah, started. Yeah. So one of the scriptures that really helped me was Second uh, Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but mm. of power and of love and of a sound, sound mind. mind. Yeah. And I would just claim that. Yeah. Amen. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So then after doing some different things in ministry, I worked at a school as a chaplain and Bible teacher in West Virginia, a school for at-risk youth. And then I also had done some evangelistic things in Angola, Africa, after they had they had almost 30 years of war yes, around yeah, that time. Yes, long civil yeah. war. Oh, yeah, you're Angola. from South Africa. So, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you know. Okay, yeah. so Canadians and Americans don't know that much about okay. that. They yeah, just yeah. think it's very dangerous because mm. when someone's had 30 years of war, you don't know when the war ends, if it's the war is over or if it's just ceasefire and they will start again. Yeah, so then mm-hmm. they were concerned for me that it might be dangerous. Um, but, sure, absolutely. But I knew, well. But you felt God was calling you Yeah, God you was there, calling so me. God I'm already a missionary by now. And, yeah. So, yeah. That, that experience. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's up to God. That's where I preached my first evangelistic series. Was in, in Angola. Yeah, yes, that's wow. right. The singing there was amazing. Mm. Yeah, the singing was amazing. Oh, singing, yeah. incredible. You know, yeah, yeah, African yeah, singing, hard, yeah, hard to yeah, beat it. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And the people were happy people. So mm. my perception before I went, if you've had 30 years of war and you're really poor, then the people are all going to be very depressed. Yeah, and miserable. it's going to be very, yeah. everyone's just going to be sad and really just, just down, you know, just like a down mm. feeling spirit. But when I went... Um, the people were happy people. That kind of surprised me. The church was packed. People were surrounding the church, and the singing was amazing, and they loved to sing. And so that that was yeah that that was a surprise to me. So how long were you in? in I was there for? maybe three weeks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I wasn't there a super long time, long time yeah. but you know, time to see a few things and experience. Mm. And then um, from there, I ended up getting an invitation to not directly from Angola, but while I was working in the U.S., um, I got an invitation to go to Australia to help out with the mission school. And so I spent 2010, as I said, with Eastward Missionary College. And then in 2011, I was putting what I learned into practice in terms of the medical mission work. So I went to Fiji, Solomon Islands, Vanuatu, and yeah, it was it was really. You know this part of the world quite well, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Been to New Zealand also, and Solomon Islands twice. So uh, even though I haven't been here since December 2011, but 2011 was just a great year. Mm. It seemed like everything was coming along together. It was really good, and then. like, for example, in Fiji, um, there was a little boy. He had felt he couldn't move his arm, and his dad asked me to take a look at him. And I, I, I checked him out, and, and I prayed. I just checked out his arm a few things and, and smiled at the boy. And and, uh, and then the little boy, he lifted up his hand, and he started to smile. And his dad says, you don't understand. He couldn't move his arm. And I said, you know, while he's moving his arm, I went to change, and I came back. And a lot of people, they now they wanted to shake my hand. They're saying, miracle, miracle. Um, what I didn't know is everybody well, in this village yeah. knew that this little boy couldn't move his arm, and now he's moving his arm. He's playing with all the kids. He's having a good time. Yeah. So that so, was a supernatural. That thing was supernatural. That yeah, that was supernatural. Yeah. 
And so, praise praise God. When I went to Vanuatu that year, there was a missionary that died in Vanuatu in 2011. He was Australian from Mm -hmm. Queensland. They were cutting down a tree and it fell on him. I don't know if you remember hearing anything like that. I do remember something like that, yeah. And so, that was the area we were going to go. We were going to go with a to help out with uh, Dr. Turnbull. And so Mm. they changed our location. We had to go somewhere else. And then they changed it again, and we had to go somewhere else. The place we ended up going, the people were expecting us. One person had seen me in in his dream before I got there. And I was like, I was just shocked. Really? Yeah, this is things like I read about in mission stories. Mm, and so mm, I just mm. was not expecting that. And so, yeah, to say the least, the people came out. I was doing some Steps to Christ um, evangelistic series, so not a traditional one, but like, yeah, sure. l- going through um, the book, but from the Bible, you know, there's 13 yes, different yes, yeah, yeah. things and step by step. So it was good. Mm. And then, um, so it seems like things was really coming together. I'm doing the medical mission work. Yeah. I'm traveling and doing evangelism evangelistic thing I can see the difference that it's like I've done evangelism without the medical mission work mm. but now I'm doing it with it and it's like so much easier and I'm just with loving the medical it mission, yeah. oh it's so much easier like 10 times easier right? yeah if not I, I don't even know how to put the times on it yeah, yeah, yeah. just so much easier yeah. well that is remarkable yeah. so you're doing this work yeah how are you living? How are you surviving? How are you getting food? And- so before I was doing most of the things I was doing, I was either employed, let's say, by the Michigan Conference or okay. by whether if it's a self-supporting thing or ESI or something like that. But then now I was so actually— You were as a Bible worker at the time. So yeah, at the get, time. But now when I'm living in Australia and I'm doing these things, I'm going by faith and I'm using up my own savings and I'm, and I'm yeah, I'm doing the work because God's called me to do it and yes, it's there. Yeah. And so, yeah. The end of 2010, the start of 2011, I was getting to go on a flight. I was leaving from a GYC, mm. and I was going to Canada. And the flight that I was going to get on was full. And so because it was full, I volunteered to take the next flight, and they gave me 400 U.S. voucher. And so wow. I was like, yeah, praise God. Yeah. Right? And so and then I'm waiting. And now I've had this happen to me before, Mm. but this time it's incredible because I'm waiting and the next flight comes and it's full also. And so I volunteer again and they give me another 400 U.S. voucher. Praise so the Lord. Like, that is incredible. So $800 just $800 by waiting a $800 just like that. How many hours did you have to wait, though, for the $800? Was it a day? or was it? No, it wasn't a day. I was just waiting. and Oh, and they provided my food also. So while I'm there, and I like reading, I had a book by Mark Finley on revival. Mm. And uh, so I was reading this book. So you're spending your time fruitfully reading. So I have food and I have this book and I'm I'm waiting. And then the next flight came and guess what? It was full again. again. It's full again. Another 400? Another 400. So you have $1,200 $1,200. (laughs) And I'm just in the airport. And so I'm like, praise God. They put me up in a nice fancy hotel. They covered my meals, everything. It was like, so it was just praise God. And then God really spoke to me because I remember this. This would have been around January 2011. And I was asked to help on a mission trip to Fiji, and I just wasn't sure about it financially because I'd already committed to going on a mission trip to the Solomon Islands. And I'm thinking, yeah, I don't know about this. And then it's like, it's the Spirit of God's like, I take care of you. Why are you worried? You know what I mean? And so I was like, you know what? God takes care of you. So that's how I ended up doing even a bonus mission trip going to Vanuatu in 2011. 
Well, that is fascinating. Okay, yeah. so there's a few miracles, whether yeah. it be Lord providing or even yeah. just providing for people with miraculous cures, you know. Yeah. That you've experienced in your life. That's right. So yeah. this is all up to the time around 2011 or yeah, so. That's right. Okay. Yeah. And so 2011, I went back to visit my family in Canada mm. and for around Christmas. And now I'm planning on coming back to Australia. Okay. I have a religious visa for three years and I just got it to come back to Australia. So it's very expensive to go that side of the world, mm. especially as a missionary. So I'm thinking I'm not going to go back and see my family for a long time and friends. And I was trying to cover a lot of things that I can on that side of the world while I was there. Right. So I went to to Canada and providentially I saw my dentist. He wanted me to get some things checked out. Mm. Uh, I went to Houston. I have a sister that's there and I spent Christmas with her and went to GYC that year. And then I went to do something with a church in Florida. And then I went to West Virginia, that school I used to work at, Miracle okay. Meadows, the yes. school for at-risk youth, and did a week of prayer. And then at GYC, someone invited me to go to Eden Valley. And so when I finally got there and slowed down, I got the report from the doctor over the phone. And uh, they said that the results came back in. First, they were kind of dealing around. They didn't really want to tell me on the phone. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I was like, listen, I can't fly back to Vancouver for you to tell me what's going on. Like, you have to tell me because I don't live in Vancouver anymore. Yeah. I haven't lived there since 2004. And this is January 2012. And they said, you know, um, the results came back and it's T-cell lymphoma. Wow. Um, at the time, I didn't know what T-cell lymphoma yeah. was. I never heard of it before. Yeah, yeah. And so they said it's a very aggressive type of cancer. Most people die within the first eight months. Cancer your plans for the year, and the goal is just to live. If you're still alive at the end of the year, we'll call it a success. And really? So, so they yeah. didn't give you much hope at all, really, did they? Yeah, no, mm. no. It just really... I was just not expecting it, and it just, it just, because yeah, you might be serving the Lord, working, and the Lord yeah. blessing you. You've seen miracles of other yeah, people yeah. cured. Just, and I just had the one of the greatest years. Yeah. Like, and it, I'm, I'm thinking this is gonna. Now I'm super happy that I'm a missionary. I think it's like the best decision I ever made in my life. Oh, praise and, the Lord, yeah. uh, So I'm thinking all I need to do, I just need to get married and continue to do this work. And this is this is awesome. I get mm. to travel around. You I get to do faith, the medical preach mission the work, preach yeah. the gospel. Like what better thing? And so I had plans, but I didn't have plans for death. And I didn't realize okay, at the time, because mm -hmm. I, I believe what the doctor said, it was okay. Um, Prepare for death. Like a yeah, death sentence. Yeah. Yeah. yeah wow. Yeah, yeah. So that came out of the blue. I mean, how did you, how did you deal with this news? So, uh, at this time, it's it's hard, and I, I maybe had two phone calls. I talked to my, I talked to my mom. I talked to my sister, mm -hmm. and uh, some of the people at at Eden Valley at this health center, mm -hmm. and I just I didn't really know much what to say, and. I went to I went to bed that night and I went to sleep and I woke up really early in that morning, just mm. super early. And it's like the words were just echoing in my ears. T cell lymphoma. Most people die within the first eight months. Cancer your plans for the year and the goal is just to live. If you're still alive, we'll call wow. it a success. So yeah. how were you feeling physically at the time? Did you know there was anything wrong with you uh, leading up to the diagnosis? I felt good at the time. Mm. 
And but I had this cyst in my right cheek, and I'd seen a doctor about it, and he told me it was just a cyst. Don't worry about it. You're young. You're healthy. So I felt like no worries. And then now I visited, and I just happened to see my dentist, and you know, providentially the way that God worked it out, mm. and the dentist, yeah, just just noticed that and and got me to get it checked. And so I wasn't expecting anything. And then, yeah, it came back. So it was the dentist that got you to go and get a check. Yeah, that's right. That that's how you found out about that's yeah that's correct T yeah. cell lymphoma yeah. Wow. yeah yeah so T cell lymphoma there may not be a lot of people I mean most people know leukemia which is like a cancer of the blood yeah. or the blow yeah. marrow or uh-huh. whatever it is yeah what exactly is it I mean you've obviously looked at it you yeah. understand yeah. it but can you yeah. maybe just a bit of a summary just exactly sure. what it is so a, it is similar to leukemia mm. but it is your lymphatic system so they have T cell leukemia too but this is lymphoma and it's your lymphatic system and I wouldn't even think that your lymphatic system is even in your cheek but yeah it's your lymphatic system there. wow okay and um, and then T cell is like your immune system like you're connected with your white blood cell. Mm, so yeah. that's why because of the immune system, most people go down really quick. So it's almost like cancer of like similar to the blood, but lymphoma, but, but yeah, connected so with lymph. that with the white yeah. blood cells. and Because the lymph has so got a lot like, to do with obviously keeping the body pure and filtering yes. out the toxins yeah, and so forth. Yeah. And moving so if that is and, not yeah. good, then you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah, very serious. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Okay, so... What, what do you do next? I mean, you've got this bad news, and yeah. obviously, you know, that's just echoing through your mind. Yeah. T-cell lymphoma, you've got eight months left yeah. at, at best. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And then I knew that I had this thing in my cheek from earlier, probably from around July 2011. Mm. So then I don't know, like, <laughs> do you get what I mean? Like, there was nothing, and then it started it? to yeah. grow, like, really How quickly. How much of the eight months have you already yeah, used yeah, up? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I understand. <laughs> so, yeah, oh, man, that was that was just really hard at that time. And so I remember I wanted to read my Bible, and I didn't even know what to read. By now, I'm used to reading my Bible. I know my, my Bible well. I don't mm. know what to read. I'm used to praying. I want to pray. I don't know what to say. I, I, I don't know what to say. Yeah, yeah. And I knelt down. I was by the bed there and I just opened my Bible yeah randomly and it turned to Psalms 120 verse 1 and it says in my distress I cried unto the Lord and he heard me and I felt like God was just giving me permission to cry at that Mm -hmm. point I hadn't cried yet and I literally I just started crying unto the Lord Mm. I tried to use words for that prayer and I couldn't use words I was like (laughs) you know and I just yeah yeah. yeah. and each time I tried to use words I could not use words and it's interesting looking back but the Lord heard you cry yeah the the Lord heard my cry yeah he knew exactly what you needed and I knew after that cry I mean it wasn't a pretty preacher I was literally crying to the Lord I'm I'm blowing snot into (laughs) I use all the Kleenex thing I use the towel in the room and I I just cried but Mm. I knew after God heard my cry yeah, mm. I just I you know how sometimes God gives you that peace yeah inside. So I knew, after this prayer, yeah, of just crying before the Lord, you peace came over you. Yeah, yeah, I knew that God heard my cry. Oh, yeah, okay. well, yeah, yeah. But you still didn't know what the future held at that stage. No, you I had said, no you idea. You just had peace with what, yeah, I had, peace with yeah, God. I yeah. had no idea. Yeah, mm. and uh, you know sometimes I think how could God know um, what I was saying when I didn't even use words. And uh, but much later, just in Malaysia, just last year, I learned a song. Tears is a language that God understands. 
Now, I remember one of the things that someone shared with me. He shared with me some verses that was different, and he was trying to get me to think differently. So Frank Fournier with uh, Eden Valley, mm. he, would be, he was the president, but he would lead out in worship. Okay. And so let's say everybody else, they were just crying that I talked to. My sister said she cried for three days. Mm. Uh, my brother's crying. My dad didn't say he cried. He said water fell out of his eyes. Oh, yeah. heck? <laughs> you know, water so just, I mean, just yeah, like, so all your yeah. close friends and family, yeah, everyone's yeah. impacted by this. That's right. News, that's yeah. right. Yeah, because you're the youngest of the family. That's right. Know, you're supposed yeah. to be the last one to go. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. And now, now this is it. So mm. yeah, my my. I remember one brother in Christ. He's a missionary. Also, he was just saying, "It's not fair. It's not fair. Why you?" He had another friend that had died from from a brain cancer, brain tumor. Okay. And then, yeah, so he just, I think it was really hard for him at that time. And, and just different people. One person that I was talking to over the phone that I'd studied the Bible with in Michigan, and he helped to turn around some things in his life. And he just kept saying, you saved my life. You saved my life. He's crying on the phone. He's a big guy, strong guy, tough guy, but he's changed. He's like, you saved my life. You saved my life. I just remember he, he just kept crying. He's saying that repeatedly over and over on the phone. Mm. And so, but then when we had worships at Eden Valley, he showed me another perspective. And so in Psalms 119, verse 67, it says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now have I kept thy word. Verse 71, wow, it yeah. is good for me that I've been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. Mm. And verse 75, I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are right, and that thou in faithfulness has afflicted me. I never saw these verses before. Yeah, wow. I never. So I'm just like, yeah, I guess at the time I was struggling. I look, mm -hmm. and they're there in my own Bible, yeah. but I'm thinking, how is this good? You know what I mean? Like, mm. how is this affliction? I was 33, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to die. Now, my birthday's in September, eight months. That puts me at I should die in August 2012. And uh, so I should never have another birthday. I will never have another Christmas. I'll never have another Thanksgiving. Mm. And, uh, mm. yeah. And so I'm, I'm, <laughs> and I'm looking, the, like the Word of God is saying affliction. God can use affliction, affliction. as a good thing, as horrible as something like cancer is. Yeah, yeah. And so he shared with me another verse that was just also really powerful, Romans 8.28. And all things work together for good. That's to those right. And that's how most work. people start it, but that's not how it starts. It starts okay. with, and we know. Oh, yes, Romans yes. 8.28. And he was emphasizing the beginning of the verse. He's mm. like, Rob, you already know this. So God is, so through your friend, is emphasizing the beginning of the verses, which typically is mistaken. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it says, and we know. And he was saying, you already know this. And I'm like, do I? And he's like, yeah, mm. we already know. And we know. We already know that all things work together for good. And we know. Just mm. like you know one plus one equals two. Just yeah. like you know the color of your hair. Just like you know whatever you really know in life. Whatever you know, we already know that it's going to work together for good. So therefore, you don't even need to be all depressed. Because <laughs> God's going to work yeah, it out yeah, for well. good. So you know what I mean? He's, he's and we know using the things. word of God to encourage That's you right. even in the affliction. That's yeah. right. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord, to those who are called according to his purpose. So those who love the Lord... And a call according to his yeah, purpose. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And, and you love the Lord from a young age. You're saying that's that you right, couldn't wait to right. read about yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And yeah. so now he's speaking faith now. He's yes, saying you already yes. know. Like, you know, yeah. you're serving God and God is going to work this out for good. Yeah, and I'm thinking, how in the world is God going to work this out for good? Mm -hmm. Like, this is not good. This I'm dying. <laughs> like, I'm dying. Yeah. This is very bad. Yeah, how can that be and, good? And, uh, you know. In your prime, too. I mean. Yeah. yeah. And so he's now speaking to me. Um, 
very directly, yeah, but mm. like honestly and encouragingly. And for me, it worked. But it seems like I, you know, part of my mind is like, is this the way you encourage people? In terms of like, he he said he was he was very kind and loving, but he was straight. He was saying, you know, if you mm-hmm. can believe the promise of God, then it's true for you. Right. But if you can't believe the promises of God, then it's not true for you. Mm. And then he asked me directly, can you believe the promises of God? Yeah. And, Good um, question. Yeah. And I thought about it. So yeah. here it is, Romans 8.28. I know it from before, but now I know it when things are going good in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I believe that promise when things, things are, are not going, going well? That's when it really your faith yeah, gets tested. Yeah. You know, when things are going well. Yeah. And up to this point of town, it sounded like it's been going fairly well. Yeah, it's well going with, well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And now it's like, and I thought about it, and you would think that the answer would have been an easy one. You know, mm. I went to this Bible college. I've worked as a Bible worker. I've done different things in ministry now. You know, when I thought about it, I said, you know, I can't believe the promises of God uh, because... Mm. You know, I thought, well, if I trusted God with my life and with 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 living by faith, yes. then I can trust God living by faith, even with going preparing to die. And oh, so I yeah. decided. So this is an extension of the same faith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I, yeah. I, so when he asked me that question, I, I really thought about it. I put some, I really put thought into it. Mm. So um, yeah, maybe for some other people, it's an easy answer. Mm. But for me, I had to really think. And then I was like, yeah, I can believe the promises of God. And then practically what that means, I didn't have to walk around being depressed. Mm. I could trust God no matter what was, yes. was going to come. Well, yeah. Praise the Lord for yeah. that. So that's a wonderful. So full and complete trust. Yeah. Yeah. Because your life is now in his hands, that's literally right. because it seems to be ebbing out. You've got a matter of months. That's right. You're not sure how much of those eight months you've used up. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, you're obviously here now. It's five years yeah, later. Yeah, that's right. You're that's still right. here. So something must have happened. So t- tell us the rest oh, of the man, story. Oh, man. So much has happened in that five years. So uh, I don't know where to start in terms of I'm going to get into things that I can't finish. But Sure. But maybe just start with okay, your health. So what changes? How Have you still got cancer? Are you cured? I mean, what? what? Okay. So I at Eden Valley, mm. they said, we know who you are. We know the mission work that you're doing. Don't worry about the cost. So for 18 oh. days at a lifestyle center, uh, that's around 6,500 US. Brof. You know, plus okay. there's like you might need that's some extra supplements and Australian so forth. At the moment, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so that was like a huge blessing. Mm. Yeah, and they helped me in so many ways. And so I started my treatments right away. And they're like, you don't understand. This doesn't happen to anyone. Most people, when they get cancer, they do chemo or radiation, and only when things are really going bad, they decide to start trying a lifestyle center. But I'm there early. I got my diagnosis there. We can start everything right away. And so I started. I did fever bath. They are, you're in really hot water, and you get the water up to your neck. Uh, So the temperature, they're trying to get my temperature up to 39 degrees Celsius. And, um, And so with that, then you have to keep the head cool. And so... Cold water feels like pleasure when you're doing that treatment. Sure. So you can get like, ice you, cold water. sweating and your face yeah. will be hot. Oh, yeah. You can have ice cold water poured directly on my head. Oh, it feels so good. <laughs> I cannot tell you how good. You would never believe So that. how long would like, one of those treatments last? Is it- you need to get the fever to be for 20 minutes or more. So okay. the treatment could be about an hour because you only start timing once you hit 
your body temperature goes to 39 degrees or higher. Okay, so you yeah. get it up to 39 and then you got to hold it for 20 minutes or more. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I was in the U.S. at the time, so Fahrenheit would be 102. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, what I was doing. Yeah, and so, yeah, I did that. And, and then, that, would, that would probably exhaust you, but tie you out as oh, well. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So that would be tiring mm. and then you would rest rest is a part of the treatment and then i was learning a lot of things at the center they have other treatments where they have hot and cold showers but you're surrounded by the shower nozzles it's not like at home where okay just from the top yeah just from the top <laughs> and you do the hot and when you switch to the cold you can turn around and escape certain parts okay. well when they switch to the cold now the cold in colorado is much colder than the cold in australia because I've switched to cold showers in Australia and it's, it's, it's not so bad. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Okay, so when you do the cold there, it's mm. like it's really cold. And it you, takes your breath yeah, away. Yeah, it takes your breath away and you turn around and I try to duck and I move yeah. and from every angle, it's just You're blasting me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so uh, all those things like that. And I was also anointed and prayed for. And then mm. in a short time, I did two 18-day sessions at Eden Valley. In a short time, my test results turned around. I did my CT scan, and it wasn't shown any sign of cancer. Wow. My blood test was not shown any sign of cancer. I was like, praise God, God heal me. They're like, you don't understand. You know, you need to do other tests. I did my bone marrow test. And, and you know, bone marrow, people are telling me it's very painful. Mm. And mm. so, but praise God, um, it was okay. The nurses tried to distract my mind during that test. And yeah, praise God, it wasn't showing any sign of cancer. And so I'm like, praise God, now like I'm healed. Yeah. And so I started telling everyone how God has healed me. And yeah. So I this mean, is after two treatments of 18 days each. That's so 36 correct. days. That's correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. So if I'm on the plane, I'm like, guess what? And I'd share with someone. If I go to the store, if I'm, yeah, I'm sharing everywhere. But in a year and a bit, the cancer came back in the same spot. Oh. So now I'm just like confused and what's mm, going on. Mm. Yeah, I had a lot of questions at sure. that time. I kept asking why, why, why? I just, I remember I kept asking why during that time. And it's like I wanted an answer. The first time, I never asked why mm. uh, so much. And I, yes, I was preparing for death and different things, but I didn't ask why. But this time, I'm struggling when I see people older than me mm. um, they're some especially people that are um, they're overweight they drink they smoke they do unhealthy lifestyles they, yeah, eat whatever they want eat whatever they want yeah. whenever they want and they don't have cancer mm. so I'm, I'm really struggling with this yeah, you've done the, why. the right stuff and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, have you got why? Yeah. and so I read something in the book education mm. and it says all who do true service for God and for men will go through the preparatory training of the school of sorrow study the life experience the weightier the trust the higher risk the responsibility the more severe the test study the life experience of joseph of moses of daniel and of david and at that time mm. not that i prepared for death before but it felt like the spirit of god spoke to me it's like like i felt like god wasn't preparing me for death mm. so this is march 2013 and i don't know but i just felt like god wasn't preparing me for death at that time uh, yeah, and so I went back and I studied mm. these guys' life, and I learned a lot from from going through things. I like the one of Moses, that Moses, it was his fault that he ended up in the wilderness. But even if it's your sure. fault, how you end up in the school of sorrow, God can still work it out for good. Oh, praise the Lord. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So that let's say Moses place, yeah. should not have ended up in the wilderness for 40 years. Mm. But yet at the same time, infinite wisdom knew that Moses needed every bit of that 40 years. <laughs> you get what I mean? Yeah, I understand. And God yes, used yes, that God, like perfectly. Yeah, yeah. And so, taught him patience. And, yeah, he taught him patience. He's taught yeah. him so much lessons. So uh, whether... 
it's our fault or it's not our fault, whatever the reason is, God can work all things together for good. And whenever we're in the school of affliction or the school of sorrow, there's many things that we can learn from it. Mm -hmm. And one of the first things that I learned from the school of affliction and sorrow is that even though I can be in the school of sorrow, I don't have to be sorrowful. I think God took my sorrows away. Oh, praise yeah. the Lord. Yeah. So even yeah. the second time now, 18 months later, you yeah. well, took your sorrow away. He took my Because the first away. time you talked about that peace that just came over yeah, you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So your sorrow got taken away this time. Yeah, that's yeah. right. To the point where I was wondering, am I in denial or anything like that? I was just really, mm. yeah. And But when I read something in Isaiah 53, I think it's in verse 4, it talks about how Jesus has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. sorrows yes. And we get so much more benefits from the cross than we think about. Mm. And one of the things I realize is Jesus has taken my my griefs and my sorrows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he carried yeah. your affliction as well. He carried it, yeah, 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 yeah that's right. Well, yeah. praise the Lord. Well, look, we, we've short on time, but is yeah. there anything else you want to share with us in regards to your testimony? I, I, as sure. we now come into the end, I realize yeah. there's so much more we could cover, but we've run yeah, out of time. Right. Yeah, that's right. So one of the things that really stood out to me now is before January 2012, I was blinded to how many people are suffering with cancer around us. Mm. It's, like my, I, it's like I couldn't see it. I, so. I look back and think, how can I not see that there were so much people? Yeah, yeah. And since then, it's like a lot of people, they, they've spoken to me. They said, you know, could you come and share with us? Christians, non-Christians. Mm. Um, yeah, I remember one family. I think they might be of a Buddhist background. They, they got me to come over and share with them. I was able to pray mm. with them and everything like that. They got the whole family and I shared. Um, I share with people about Eden Valley. I share with people a lot of different things. A lot of people want to know what I've been doing. And so there's opportunity. The other yeah. thing is I've been to a lot of lifestyle centers instead. I worked at Wildwood. It is one of our older lifestyle centers. Mm. And I worked there as one of the chaplains. Okay. And I got to help other people with cancer as well same. as taking care of my own health. Mm. And just God used it for so much good. A lot of people Lord, yeah. that don't want to open up first, they're like, Who's this young guy and what does he know about things sure. like that? Yeah, yeah. A lot of people think I'm younger than what I am. You do and, look younger than yeah. you are. <laughs> and so then when I share my testimony, yeah. they open up and they share. And yeah, the Lord, I've just witnessed God used it for good. Mm. I spend over a year in Malaysia at another center in Anin and just help other people that's also battling with cancer as well as take care of my own health. And I do worship and I share my testimony in, in different parts. So this is what I've, I've been up to the last five years is not just taking care of my health, but helping other people deal with cancer, especially okay. from uh, um, a physical and spiritual point of view. So yeah, there's really a testimony to the, how the Lord has used affliction in your life to turn it around, to mm-hmm. be a blessing to others. Yeah. But not only that, you hear five years later, it's not uh-huh. eight months, it's five years That's plus. right, that's right. And yeah. so what's the current diagnosis? So the current diagnosis, I still have it. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not, um, it's stage one and okay. it's not spreading, but it's not going away. And so when I leave here, I'll like go like a thorn ba- in the side, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So when I go to Ainin in Malaysia, I will do some things for my health. I sometimes share my testimony in mm. different parts. And now I will also make another one of those videos that that I showed, like the short one. Yes. I will do maybe like a four or five minute clip about the other other journey that the Lord has brought me on and well, the lessons I've learned in this five years. Praise yeah. God. Yeah. Uh, look, it's been wonderful. I really mm-hmm. appreciate you coming in, Robert, mm-hmm. to share your testimony with us today. 
It's been a real blessing. Mm -hmm. I think it's been an encouragement for people out there that are listening Mm -hmm. who are suffering affliction, who Mm -hmm. have disease, whether it be cancer or something Mm -hmm. else. You know, there is a God who's known as a great physician that can Mm -hmm. heal. It's just putting your trust and confidence Mm -hmm. in the Lord. You know, God can flood their hearts and their souls with peace just like Mm -hmm. he flood yours Mm -hmm. as well. And we just pray that God would bless them. Um, it's been a pleasure having you. Mm-hmm. We pray that God continue to bless you in your journey and your mm-hmm. ministry as you minister for him and share mm-hmm. the gospel and mm-hmm. also your testimony that yeah. other people will be encouraged. So if you would like more information or if you have any questions, please contact us at 3ABN Australia Radio. In Australia, you can ring us on 024973-3456. That's 024973-3456. Or you can either contact us via email at radio at 3abinaustralia.org.au or you can also contact us via our 3ABN Australia radio Facebook page. It's been a pleasure having your company and we look forward to meeting you again next time. Until then. You've been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio.